Yes, dear, I said beer, remarked Robert a little irritably, and in any case I insist that you dismiss your present cook. You only took her because she was a Christian scientist, and you've left that little sheepfold now. You used to talk about false claims, I remember. Well, her claim to be a cook is the falsest I ever heard of. I'd sooner take my chance with an itinerant organ grinder. But that fish curry tonight, and that other thing last night, that's what I mean by good eating. The thought even of good food always calmed Robert's savage breast. It blew upon him as the wind on an aeolian harp hung in the trees, evoking faint sweet sounds. I'm sure, my dear, he said, that I shall be willing to fall in with any pleasant arrangement you make about your guru, but it really isn't unreasonable in me to ask what sort of arrangement you propose. I haven't a word to say against him, especially when he goes to the kitchen. I only want to know if he is going to stop here a night or two, or a year or two. Talk to him about it tomorrow, with my love. I wonder if he can make bisque soup. Daisy Quantock carried quite a quantity of material for reflection upstairs with her. Then she went to bed, pausing a moment opposite the guru's door, from inside of which came sounds of breathing so deep that it sounded almost like snoring. But she seemed to detect a timbre of spirituality about it, which convinced her that he was holding high communion with the guides. It was round him that her thoughts centred. He was the tree through the branches of which they scampered chattering. Her first and main interest in him was sheer guruism, for she was one of those intensely happy people who pass through life in ecstatic pursuit of some idea, which those who do not share it call a fad. Well might poor Robert remember the devastation of his home, when Daisy, after perusal of a little pamphlet which she picked up on a bookstall called the Uric Acid Monthly, came to the shattering conclusion that her buxom frame consisted almost entirely of waste products which must be eliminated. For a greedy man the situation was frankly intolerable, for when he continued his ordinary diet, this was before the cursed advent of the Christian science cook, she kept pointing to his well-furnished plate, and told him that every atom of that beef or mutton and potatoes turned from the moment he swallowed it into chromogens and toxins, and that his apparent appetite was merely the result of fermentation. For herself, her platter was an abominable mess of cheese and protein powder and apples and salad oil, while round her, like saucers of specimen seeds, were ranged little piles of nuts and pine branches, which supplied body-building material, and which she weighed out with scrupulous accuracy, in accordance with the directions of the Uric Acid Monthly. Tea and coffee were taboo, since they flooded the body with purins, and the kitchen boiler rumbled day and night to supply the rivers of boiling water with which, taken in sips, she inundated her system. 